Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. My guest today is Beck Simpson, who's been battling Crohn's disease for the past decade. She's here to share her journey with IBD and how she balances work, sports, and being a mom with chronic illness. Thank you so much for joining me today, Beck, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And when, you, when I say you're juggling life and being a mom, you've got your little one sitting right there on your lap with you. So, <laughs> Yes, he wants to be part of it. <laughs> he might uh, chime in a little bit later on. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to touch the keyboard. Hopefully he doesn't close it there, okay? <laughs> so from following your Instagram and reading a previous story about you, it sounds like you were battling Crohn's for many years before you got your official diagnosis. So why yes. don't you... Why don't you jump right in and start us off by sharing your Crohn's story and talk about that lead up to your diagnosis. Well, ever since I was a kid, really, I've battled with IBS, so very similar symptoms to Crohn's. Um, IBS running in the family, didn't really think much of it. It wasn't until I actually started teaching full-time in 2011 that I started having more severe symptoms. Um, yeah, there was one day when I was in the middle of teaching a class and I just had to go. Oh, I just had to. Yeah, I'm a PE teacher, so I was all the way out on the oval too, not anywhere near oh, a toilet. And young yeah. kids, right? You teach third grade, is that correct? So. Um, high school actually, yeah. Okay, high school. And teenagers, yeah. I'm in the middle of a class and, you know, I'm running to the toilet. I said to another teacher, you're going to have to take over. Like, I've got to go. And yeah, I had really bad symptoms. And after that day, I thought I need to go to the doctor and get a colonoscopy. Um, and he sent me for one. He was a bit concerned. However, the colonoscopy didn't show anything. So wow. that was really kind of disappointing because, you know, I was hoping for something so I could start, you know, getting better and trying medication. So the doctors kind of just dismissed it as IBS and allergies to foods. So, you know, once again, trial and error. Yeah. Started a food diary, tried to minimize dairy and gluten. Um, however, symptoms for like the next five or so years still were persistent and they got really bad again. So it was like, all right, we're going to send you for another colonoscopy. And that was in 2016 when I was finally diagnosed. So it was a relief to actually get a diagnosis because for ages I was like, you know, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I getting mouth ulcers all the time? You know, why can't I eat certain foods? Um, yeah, so it was a big relief. And the gastro that I um, went to at the MARTA, he's been amazing and I've been with him ever since. So. What did they start you on right away once they finally knew that it was IBD and Crohn's? What did they finally do as far as treatment-wise, and how did that journey kind of get started for you? Um, well, they found ulcers in my bowel, so they said it was not too bad. It was like mild Crohn's, so they started me on a mild medication, Pentassa. 
Um, and I'm kind of sometimes, well, I've moved on to Stellara now, but mm-hmm. I started on Pentassa and it wasn't really doing much for me. So, you know, it was trial and error with a range of different medications <laughs> over the past four years. And finally now I'm on Stellara after trying methotrexate, Humira, Predazone, all of those. And finally now I'm on Stellara, which is basically the last medication that I haven't tried yet. So fingers how, crossed. Yeah, definitely fingers crossed. Yeah. How, how many years has it been then since uh, your diagnosis to finally get to Stellara? It sounds like it's been quite yeah, a well, quite a few 2016 so it's been about four about years, four years. Of trial and error on medications and when I was pregnant that's when my symptoms were the worst mm-hmm. so the doctor said it could go either way your symptoms could get better when you're pregnant because mm-hmm. your immune system is lowered um however mine got worse and that's when they said all right we need to try you know stronger medications um so I was on Humira However, that made me sick and I had side effects from that. So it was kind of, well, let's just wait till you have this baby and see, and then we'll trial something different. And was this your first pregnancy? Yes, this is my first bub. And you can hear him in the background a little bit. I heard a giggle a minute ago. (laughs) He's wriggling around. He just doesn't want to sit still. Are you talking, are you? Nanny, nanny. Nanny, that's not nanny. Nanny? <laughs> that's Stephanie. Dada. <laughs> not quite Dada. He's showing off now. <laughs> he is. <laughs> so what was that What was that like to be pregnant and to have your medications up in the air? Because I'm sure you're not the only one that has found yourself in that position. So there are certain things that maybe advice that you would give to others who might be finding themselves in that position of being pregnant and having to switch medication or things not quite working? Yeah, I guess I was open to, I guess, trialing different types of medications and my gastro was very supportive in that he would give me a lot of information on these medications and let me make the decision whether I wanted to, you know, go ahead with them or not. I mean, I was a bit concerned starting Humira and Stellara because they are immune suppressants and I already have very low immunity. I'm always sick because, you know, working with children, (laughs) you're always catching everything that they, you know, germs that they spread. And then starting Stellara in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic, I was a bit anxious, you know, because that's going to make me more vulnerable to the virus. Um, But he was very supportive and he gave me a lot of information and he just said, look, the decision's up to you. You know, are mouth ulcers and, you know, all your symptoms affecting your quality of life? And I said, well, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, there's your answer. Like, you might as well give it a go. And that's when I thought, yeah, you know what? I don't want to keep living like this. I don't want to keep just going by every day, just tolerating the symptoms. I'd rather actually, you know, let's get rid of them. Yeah. So that was a big decider for me. I think we learn to tolerate a lot being IBD patients. Like there's so much that we tend to put up with that most people wouldn't just in terms of pain or symptoms or things that are not normal. And we kind of warp ourselves into thinking like this is good enough or this is tolerable. And so it's good that you had a a gastroenterologist who was like, you know, is this really how you want to be living? Is this good enough? And and to say, no, it's not. So 
Yeah, definitely. How's this Delara helping? It sounds like it hasn't been that long. Has it made a difference yet? Yeah, so I had my first infusion about six weeks ago now and um, I haven't had a mouth ulcer since then, which has been amazing because that was my main symptoms most recently. I would get clusters of really Mm. painful mouth ulcers and it was really hard to eat. I think that for me was really hard. It's There would be days where I wouldn't eat much because my mouth was so inflamed and so to not have a single mouth ulcer in six weeks is like a record for me. That's so fantastic. So I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, even the doctor was shocked. He's like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Um, so I'm still having, you know, a few bowel movements um, randomly here mm-hmm. and there, but hopefully my next appointment will be able to sort that out. Yeah, that's fantastic for only being six weeks in after the first infusion to already see a difference. That's definitely promising yeah. and, and exciting. So you yeah. have, you've been juggling a lot because watching your Instagram, I know that you're active and you've been involved in sports and it looks like, I'm not sure if it is, but it looks like rugby that you're, that you play rugby. Am I correct? Or yeah, well, it's similar to rugby because okay. I know, like, in America, it's NFL is the main sport. And mm-hmm. in Australia, we have rugby union and rugby league, which are two totally different rugby codes, but very similar. Oh, um, okay. So I play touch rugby league. So rugby league being the Australian version of rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I play the touch version. So it's not as physical which mm-hmm. I don't mind because I'm very tiny. Yeah. <laughs> you see the size of me. Yeah, you're tiny. I don't you know don't, how I go. <laughs> you don't need to be tackled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how I go on a rugby field. I mean, I get injured enough playing touch football, so <laughs> I don't know how I'd go up against some big girls when I'm trying to tackle them, but but I love the sport. Like I love it for the social side, seeing friends, and I also play competitively and I mm-hmm. love you know, the strategies behind the game and yeah so I try and keep as fit as I can so I can play competitively. What has that been like to play a competitive sport and juggle IBD because it sounds like you've never really found remission until hopefully now fingers crossed but it sounds like you've really been juggling IBD while still doing competitive sports and tell me a little bit about what that's like and maybe how you've been able to do that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's been tough and I think when I was younger I was probably more able to tolerate it a bit more because, you know, your body's a bit more, um, has that better ability to bounce back. You know? And we're stubborn um, when we're younger. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of just ignored your symptoms when you were younger <laughs> and you just went about doing things. But, yeah, as you get older you start to not bounce back as well as you did when you were younger. So I'm probably starting to notice it more now. Um, And, yeah, I must admit it gets me down sometimes because, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, what if I didn't have IBD? I'd be at the top of my game. I'd, you know, I'd be able to play so much better than what I'm playing. But then I just got to think, no, you've got to just do the best you can, you know, with what has been dealt with you. And, you know, I still feel like I'm running around as young as I used to in my head. Yeah. But typically, <laughs> I'm probably not as quick and agile as I used to be. Um, but it's something that I love. So as long as I still enjoy it, I'm still going to keep playing as long as I can. 
What kind of tips do you have to give people who still want to be active, but they're feeling kind of um, struggling with the disease? Are there certain things that you would do? I mean, prioritizing sleep or food or how are you able well, to kind sleep? of, yeah, <laughs> especially now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hundred percent before I had a baby, I was all about you know, getting the full good night's sleep, but now it's just take what you can get really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hundred percent. I think the main advice that I give people, especially with fitness, I know personally for me, I, when I was younger, probably did too much Mm -hmm. and too much fitness kind of made me run down a lot and made my symptoms worse. Mm -hmm. So I was a bit like, you know what, I need to find a balance. I'm doing too much. My body can't take it. My body can't handle it. I need to make sure that I have downtime and I have rest days to recover. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to just keep getting sick and keep flaring and I'm just going to, you know, go two steps forward, three steps back. So that was my advice to most people is Mm -hmm. make sure you have a rest day, you know, have a day for yourself, have some downtime to recover. Otherwise you're going to burn out. That's fantastic advice. And it's it's something I've still been kind of struggling with right now, because just like you were mentioning a minute ago, in my head, I still feel like I'm early 20s and I can run around nonstop. But then I've noticed if I have two days where I work out really hard, I am just wiped out the next that third day and I can't do it. It's like my body is telling me you have to take a rest day like you might feel young in your head, (laughs) but you're not anymore. Yeah. And even when I was younger, you know, I wouldn't listen to my body and I would keep pushing through Mm -hmm. and then wonder why I was so run down. You know, I even had chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. I caught glandular when I was younger really badly, which led to chronic fatigue. And I think after that, that's when I was like, you know what, I need to take care of my body. I'm doing way too much and I'm burning out. Mm -hmm. How are you finding the balance now, now that you've got a little one in your life, because you're still doing sports and you're still working and you've got a little one in your life. (laughs) How are you, how are you putting that whole big picture together now? Um, It has been a challenge, that's for sure. But I think it's my support network. Um, I have such a great support network in my partner and my family who, you know, they will be like, all right, you know, if you want to go play touch, you know, mm-hmm. leave Bub with us, we'll mind Bub. And, um, you know, my partner is like, if you want to go for a run, I'll look after Bub. So having that support network has been good to, you know, still be able to play TRL competitively. And, yeah, he's really, my partner's been great in the fact that he's really supportive of my goals. So. That's fantastic. The support yeah. network definitely is key. Yeah. So what what kind of tips uh, could you share with adv- with some of our listeners? Because it sounds like you've certainly had plenty of ups and downs, especially since you're just now finding relief with Stellara. So what are some of the things that you found have helped you when you've gone into flares, whether they've been big flares or even just small flares? Are there certain things that you do that really help to get your body through that time? Yeah, so um, I've been trying to drink, you know, my two liters of water a day. Mm-hmm. And I know that I I honestly hate when people say to me, drink more water. Like, <laughs> you drink 
drinking two liters of water a day. And, you know, some some days I won't achieve that. And I just go, you know what? I didn't drink two liters of water today. That's okay. But I drank as much as I could with the time that I had. And I think for me, yeah, just setting that goal, just try and drink as much water as you can. It doesn't have to be two liters, but as long as, you know, you're constantly sipping on water, um, that has made a huge difference for me. And also minimizing dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I was a kid, you know, I've been a little bit lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. So for me, minimizing dairy has really helped. So, you know, I don't mind a chocolate here and yeah. there. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, I'm not about cutting out foods because I feel like sometimes you can set yourself up for failure if you completely cut foods out especially food that you love and going cold turkey, I find that that's just not sustainable for me because I'll just one day I'll just be like, nah, stuff this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I just balance it and I eat it in moderation and just make sure, you know, I have little treats here and there that I know I can tolerate. Obviously, if I'm having symptoms, I'll just, no, I don't even want it. I don't even want to mm-hmm. look at you. When I'm having yeah. a flip. So, yeah, I'm all about, you know, trying to eat as healthy as I can. We um, have this company in Australia called HelloFresh. I don't know if you've Oh, yeah, I have heard it. Yeah, we have it in America. Yeah, so we've just started as a family well, a few weeks ago. We started mm-hmm. HelloFresh. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically making all your meals from scratch and they deliver the fruit <laughs> and veg to your door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been really enjoying that because it's a variety of food. And my partner's happy to cook, so. (laughs) (laughs) So you're lucky. (laughs) So tell me about some of the foods that are hard to tolerate for you. What have you learned over the years that are maybe some of your triggers or things that are hard to tolerate? Yeah, definitely. I've been trying to obviously cut down the dairy. I use um, coconut milk or almond milk or soy milk um, instead of full cream milk. Though this bubba loves his full cream milk. <laughs> He's growing though. He needs it. <laughs> um, so I've been minimizing that. And sometimes um, eggs don't agree with me. So I usually, if I am going to have eggs, I make sure they're fully boiled mm-hmm. um, just because I know that sometimes the runny eggs are the ones that don't agree with me. Um, yeah, I did try minimizing gluten for a while, but it didn't really make much difference for me. I had the gluten intolerance Mm -hmm. blood test and that came back fine so Uh I'm not really allergic to gluten but I do try and just minimize it just because my gastro has said it does help to minimize it for your symptoms. I think gluten help gluten breaks down that gut barrier too and so even if we're not allergic to it or maybe not sensitive it does I think over time really weaken that gut barrier, which is not good for people like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why I do try and minimize it as much mm-hmm. as I can. Do you find that preparing vegetables any particular ways, does that make a difference for you? Or are you able to eat raw vegetables and have those in your diet? Um, usually our vegetables are just invested in an air fryer, actually. Uh-huh. So now air frying all our vegetables <laughs> Um, but yeah, usually we boil our vegetables, but now we air fry them. Um, it's so much quicker too. I love that it's just quick preparation. Um, and Bub likes them air fried as well. 
I just got an air fryer as well about six months ago. And it is absolutely, it's so easy. It's easy to clean. It's easy to use. You can just throw any, you can do vegetables, you can do meats, you can do bread in there. It's, it's quick and easy and it's a lot of fun. (laughs) I love it. I'm like best investment ever. (laughs) Just line them up, have a couple of air fryers and get your whole, (laughs) whole meal going. Week, my partner and I, we just pre-prepared our veggies and we chopped them up all ready to go and put them in the fridge. And then when we feel like our vegetables, we just chuck them in the air fryer and, you know, they're done in like 17 minutes. And it's just been so much con- more convenient and it makes you, you know, keep on top of eating, you know, if mm-hmm. you're serving a fruit and veg a day. That's fantastic. How does your little one tolerate, uh, does he like vegetables? Oh, he's a fussy eater. Is he? <laughs> he is so fussy, like his bum, I guess. Um, yeah, the air fryers helped because we cut them into shapes of chips. Oh. And then <laughs> we hand it to him and we go, chippy. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, cool, it's a chippy. I'll eat it. Um, so that's our little strategy to get him to eat his vegetables. Or we like you know, mix some flavors with the vegetables so that, you know, he likes the taste. Mm-hmm. We've been crumbing the vegetables too, <laughs> bread crumbs to make them crunchy, and he seems to enjoy that. But, yeah, most of the time he just feeds the dog really. <laughs> <laughs> he chucks it on the ground and goes, here you go, Milo. And the dog is happy. <laughs> that. That's what's happening. <laughs> So looking back on your journey up until this point, what do you think the biggest challenges that you faced with having Crohn's? Um, I think for me, um, my symptoms are triggered by stress. I think Mm -hmm. stress is a massive factor for me. Um, My gastro, he even decided to send me to a psychologist um, and she was really great because she works with people with, you know, chronic illnesses mm-hmm. and their mental health. Um, and she gave me strategies to help manage my stress. But I was, you know, like life is stressful sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to manage stress when, you know, sometimes you get blindsided by stuff at work or, mm-hmm. you know, personal life, things pop up all of a sudden. And it's just hard to manage that stress and hard to manage symptoms that come from that stress. Um, But having her there has been great for those strategies. Um, For me, I'm like managing stress um, is I went and decided to cut back on work to go to four days instead of full time. Mm -hmm. My maternity leave, I jumped back in full time and it was just too much. Yeah. Um, It's getting too run down especially, you know, with a bub that's not sleeping well. And I just thought, you know what, for my health and my sanity, I need to have a day off, mm-hmm. you know, spend time with bub, um, you know, get some stuff done around the house, chill out on the couch and just have that rest day and downtime for me. And since doing that, it's really improved my health mentally and physically. Um, so I cannot recommend enough, you know, yeah. to have that downtime. Definitely. That's fantastic. No, taking a step back at work. Um, I even took a step back with like roles at work because I just decided, you know, being a first time mum now, I don't really want to take on as much of a workload as I was before I was pregnant. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so now I just, you know, go to work and I teach my students and I do my planning and I come home. So mm-hmm. it's made life a lot easier. Um, I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. Yeah, and I haven't got too much of a heavy workload now. That's so my fantastic. Just, you know, if you have to take a step back, don't mm-hmm. be afraid to, you know, cut down on your workload, take a step back and have some downtime. That's great advice. Was that part of the strategies that um, that your therapist you were seeing had recommended? Did she have any other strategies that she'd recommended? Um, yeah, she obviously, she said, you know, take time out for yourself. She mm-hmm. also... Um, talked about mindfulness mm-hmm. and she gave me some mindfulness techniques. She even showed me an app on my phone that I can use in the morning when I wake up um, just to have, you know, one to two minutes of mindfulness. It plays relaxing music mm-hmm. while you just chill out. So what are some of the other strategies, the mindfulness and then taking a step back, getting that rest in there? Was there anything else that she had recommended? Um, no, I think... Mainly seeing her was just great to sit down and just chat to someone and let off steam and have a vent to someone who, Mm. you know, you don't know and you know she'll keep your stuff private and confidential and it was just great having someone to chat to. So you were mentioned to me earlier, I think it was before we started the call, but you'd said you'd only started your Instagram about a year ago. So what was it that prompted you to finally start an Instagram and really become an advocate and start sharing your story with Crohn's? Um, I guess for me, I um, really opened up after having my bum because um, I didn't have a very easy birth mm-hmm. um, thanks to my Crohn's. My Crohn's actually caused a few complications and I actually ended up with a bit of post-traumatic stress mm. um, from the birth. And so I guess I bottled it up for a couple of months and it wasn't until it was IBD Awareness Day that I thought, you know what, I'm going to open up to my Facebook friends and I'm going to share my story of, you know, Jackson's birth and just make them aware of Crohn's because, you know, a lot of people are like, what is Crohn's? What is yeah. that? I've heard of that. Um, you know, how does that affect you? Like. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to share my story with my friends because I like I keep my friends on Facebook as my close friends and I thought, you know what, they need to know what's been going on and what Crohn's is and make them more aware and hopefully they can share their awareness of it. And after that I got such a great response from my friends who were very supportive and I thought, you know what, I need to probably open up a bit more and share my story with other people who are also going through the Mm -hmm. same thing um, because I know that for me bottling it up wasn't doing me any good. Um, So it's been like a relief to share my story with others and then it's been great to obviously listen to other people's stories as well and what they've been going through and it's just been a great support network starting that Instagram. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just made the decision, you know what, I'm going to share my story with other people on the internet, Mm -hmm. whoever's interested. You can listen, if you don't have to, you can unfollow, whatever. Um, But I'm so glad I did because, yeah, I've made such a great support network with other people, other spoonies. I didn't even know what a spoonie was until I made my Instagram, but there you go. There's a whole community out there of where we can just teach strange vocabulary to each other. 
Has, um, so tell me, has being an advocate and sharing your story with the world, really, has that changed your view of the disease? The more that you've been able to connect with other people and to share your story and learn from others, has it shaped the way you look at IBD or changed your view? Well, yeah, I, um, I feel like everyone's story is so different. After listening to, um, or not listening, reading a lot of other stories on Instagram, on social media, I actually, I guess I thought, wow, you know, some people have it so much worse than me. And, you know, I felt bad, like, oh, my Crohn's is nowhere near as bad as some others. You know, I I consider myself lucky so far that I haven't had to have any surgery. Um, I haven't had to have, you know, a bag or anything. And then, you know, seeing these strong women who, you know, are not afraid to, you know, show the, off their bag and they're proud of it. Yeah. And then it makes me go, you know what, if it does happen to me, I know I'll be fine. I'll have people there that are in the same situation and, you know, they make it look not so bad, which yeah. is great. Yeah. It's uh, it's wonderful because I, I think the same thing too, where it's it really does shape the perspective of just, you know, this is, you know, where my disease is at right now, but if it has to go farther, it's, it's comforting to know that there's a community out there that is ready to support you and guide you through it however far, you know, the journey goes. So it's it's an amazing community that we have. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, yeah, I'm just amazed by how confident and strong these women are. You know, they don't let anything hold them back. Yes. So that's really inspiring for me. It is. So if people, we mentioned it, but if people want to follow you, where can they find you on Instagram? Um, so my Instagram is Bex underscore IBD journey. <laughs> Perfect. I'll put it in the show notes so that people can easily find it. (laughs) So we covered a lot today. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you wanted to share with our community? Um, No, I feel like we covered a lot. Um, I guess, you know, it's great seeing a lot of people in the IBD community that are also really active. And, you know, there's a lot of other girls that, you know, still play sport competitively as well. And, it's great to see that and um yeah like I said all I can just the only advice I really give is just to give yourself some downtime and don't overdo it and you know you know take it easy and just still work hard to achieve your goals but listen to your body most importantly yeah I think it's fantastic advice well it sounds like your little one is ready for your attention but (laughs) it has been in (laughs) <laughs> it is one, of those. one of those too it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you and thank you so much for joining me today Beck. thank you for inviting me thank you for listening to the crohn's fitness food podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode if you have an ibd story either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn'sFitnessFood or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.Crohn'sFitnessFood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.